0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I dive into a specific topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. I am officially back from my wedding and honeymoon, and we are hitting the ground running. I've been behind the scenes all last summer, building a brand new program for Empowering Dietitians, and it's launching in just a few weeks now. So I want to tell you all about it. And before you think, Jess, I am so not interested in an entire promotional episode. I get it, and I promise, this is not going to be one giant infomercial for my new program. No, I'm going to be doing what I do best, shouting from the rooftops about all the messy mistakes I made in the process, what I've learned from working with dietitians for the past two plus years, and why I'm vowing to make 2021 the end of dietitian burnout. Hi, hello. I'm back. I'm actually not back. I'm recording this in July, by the way. But when you listen to this, I'll be back. And I won't be just Sertikoff RDN anymore. I'll be just Romola RDN. Girl's getting herself an Italian last name to make me fit into New Jersey a little bit better. So I'm gonna be sharing more about my honeymoon and unplugging and burnout and resting and all of that good stuff during my October monthly reflections episode at the end of the month, which I won't actually record in July. I will record when I get back in October. But today I want to kick off my return with a big announcement. I mean, maybe not really that big because I feel like I've been talking about it or at least hinting at it forever. But big in that. I'm really excited about it. Are you ready? In November, I am launching a brand new, never-before-seen, Empowering Dietitians group program. I have learned a lot from working with dietitians over the past two plus years. The support I offer dietitians in my one-on-one program now is so different from when I started. And I've evolved bits and pieces. like. An old car that you keep replacing different parts, and so you upgrade the brakes, and the windshield wipers, and the engine, and eventually you take a step back and you say, Hey, I've been replacing parts every month or two for a year now. Maybe it's time for a new car. Not because the old car isn't working. Not because you can't keep replacing it piece by piece. But because you want peace of mind, or because you've learned how to do things better this time around. Because the time and the money and the energy going into keeping up with the maintenance doesn't make sense. That's where I'm at with empowering dietitians. It works. And every time I replace a part, it gets stronger and better. But now it's time to upgrade to the latest model. I don't know why I'm so hung up on a car references today, by the way, but we're going to go with it. Now, I planned out when I outlined this like a whole analogy about me doing what every car manufacturer does when it's time to make a new model. Um, And I I don't know if it's the right analogy, so we'll see. It might be more like we're a person who's going to shop for a new car, but let's, let's go with what I outlined and see where we go. We're winging it. So when a car manufacturer decides that it's time to make a new model, I actually don't know their exact process. I'm completely making this up, but this is what I think happens when they release a new model. They don't just like add a sunroof and call it a day, right? In my head, they don't. I really hope they don't. In my head, they figure out what was working well and what wasn't in the original. They do market research and talk to people who have owned the car previously or who might consider it in the future. They figure out what's important to them, what they like and what they don't like. How this car can help solve their problems and meet their needs. And if you're a person, not a car manufacturer, and you're in the market for a new car because you've been upgrading it for so long and you're just like, the maintenance is too much, I need a new one. You don't just go out and buy a new one. I mean, maybe you do. You figure out what you liked about the last one, what you didn't like about the last one. Talk to other people about the cars that they own and what they like and what they don't like. And you figure out what's important to you and what you need this car to do for you, right? So now now we got two analogies going on simultaneously. Pick and choose the one you like. So all of this market research happens, whether you're a person or a car manufacturer, and you go and you try to choose a better car than you had before. The manufacturers put in the latest technology. You seek out the latest technology. You seek out improved gas mileage. Maybe you want a sleeker and sexier look, something superficial. And we do the work on the stuff that actual humans told us they wanted or needed or liked in a car or that we know we want or need. In other words, I'm not re-releasing the same old Empowering Dietitians program and calling it something new and like increasing the price and making you excited to buy it. Um, Not necessarily increasing the price, by the way that that's for a later day. But when I tell you that I did an overhaul of my program, I did an overhaul of my program. Because here's the thing. I started empowering dietitians imperfectly, the same way that I encourage all of you to do things with anything. Sure, have a plan. Do some research. Absolutely. Take some time to get everything organized or a lot of things organized. Do not wait to have every detail perfect before you start. When I took on my first client, I didn't have a fully built program. I, I had a roadmap, um, but not everything was finished on it. So I was like, cool. So we're going to work on your confidence. And that means in like week eight of working together, we're going to do some cognitive restructuring to help you feel more confident. Did I have the cognitive restructuring worksheets or lesson plans or resources at that point? Nope. But I made sure to have them before week eight rolled around. It is very clear also that I made my website myself. I haven't updated my business cards recently. I don't have a logo. A lot of my worksheets are plain word documents. Why? Because none of that really matters. And I didn't let perfectionism paralyze me and hold me back. And I'm so glad that I didn't, because guess what? Version one is never the final version, whether it's a car or a program or a whatever. Once I started working with dietitians, I started to gain experience and tweak my approach. I moved from 45 minute one-on-one sessions to 60 minute sessions. I changed the order that I tackled certain topics. I added new resources. I changed the way that I used Asana, my project management tool that I use with all of my clients. I did all of those things based on my experience and client feedback, and I wouldn't have known any of it if I hadn't actually gotten out there and tried something. If We want to go back to our car analogy. If you spend all this time trying to find the perfect car, eventually you're going to have to test drive it. Eventually, you're going to have to buy something and then decide what you liked and didn't like about it. And then the next time you buy a car, you can make a different decision. A car manufacturer is going to have to put out an imperfect car that doesn't have the latest technology or is missing something. And they're going to learn a month or two later that they should have done X or they should have done Y. And then they can start work on the next model. They can make it better. So I was doing all of these improvements and listening to client feedback and tweaking and strengthening my program and it was getting better and better. And then last year I realized something big. Dietitians need community. My clients benefited from working with me one-on-one, but all of these clients of mine, they were saying the same thing in their sessions They were all struggling with burnout. They had bosses whose expectations were stressing them out. They wanted to start a private practice on the side, but they didn't know how. The things that were causing them stress that they were bringing into session were often the same or very similar. And I can sit here and say, oh, you know, my other client, Jane, is going through the same thing. This is what we've been working on, or this is what has worked for her. And I can say it until I'm blue in the face. What they needed was to meet each other. My one-on-one program needed a group component. Empowering dietitians had to stand for community and a safe supportive space where dietitians can network with each other without intimidation. So I did two things. First, I piloted a group call for my clients, started with one call and grew to two calls a month as my client roster grew to keep the group small, and second- I launched a standalone group call, a mastermind. Maybe you remember me talking about it. I ran it exactly once. So let's talk about that one first. So my idea was get dietitians who aren't in my one-on-one program into a Zoom call together for a monthly support group. It would be awesome. It would give them a taste of what I do as a supervisor. It would break down barriers to reaching out for one-on-one support. And it gives them a support system to talk through some of their most pressing concerns. It was extremely affordable, especially as my first time running one of these groups and it was very laid back. And it went well by all counts. I had a group of five dietitians sign up. We met for three months, once a month for 90 minutes and they benefited from it. They supported each other. They were validated. They got help with some of their most pressing concerns, but it, it wasn't really what they were looking for. The feedback that I got consistently was they wanted more. The group calls were often very diverse in their topics because the five dietitians came from five different backgrounds, and they felt like they weren't able to really dig into each of their concerns over those three months as effectively as they would have liked. By all counts, despite these dietitians being happy with the program. My glorious, amazing idea didn't really work. It wasn't a failure. No one wanted their money back. No one complained, but it wasn't exactly what they needed. So I didn't run it again. Because ultimately, 90 minutes once a month, where each person gets 15 minutes to talk about an issue of their choosing, it was therapeutic in the way that vent sessions often are, but it didn't have the purpose or the structure or the direction or organization to really transform them. Now, let's pause on that and look at how the group went with my actual clients, the one-on-one clients. These clients already see me anywhere from once a week to once a month, depending on where they are in their journey and work with me. Then on top of that, I added a 90-minute monthly call. I put them in groups of three to five, and it was the exact same premise as the non-client group submit a topic ahead of time. Everyone gets 10 or 15 minutes as a hot seat to work through that topic or question. This version of it, though, has been tremendously successful. The dieticians on the call clicked much more quickly. There was more discussion. Maybe it was because they all knew me so much better and I knew them better, which made it easier to forge those connections and overcome that social awkwardness of meeting strangers. Maybe it was because I had already begun working with them on these concepts. They were familiar with the supervision process and, and my approach and the topics that I teach. So we could go a little bit deeper into the topics, and the dietitians were able to support one another more effectively. There was more discussion amongst everyone. This reinforced for me that dietitians need more than a quick 15 minute hot seat once a month. If group work was going to be effective, it needed to be more robust more organized, more purpose-driven. Now, is the group that I have with my one-on-one clients perfect? No. If it was, I probably wouldn't be launching a group program. I would be sticking with my hybrid model. See, the dietitians in my current group hybrid work are split into cohorts based on their availability, not necessarily their specialties. So occasionally one of my clients who, for example, is not building a private practice, winds up in a group call with three other dietitian clients who are. And that for sure changes the nature of the questions that are being asked and the topics reviewed. And because I enroll clients into one-on-one work with me, basically whenever, they're all at different points in their journey. So some of them are working on boundaries and burnout, And others are working on confidence and limiting beliefs. And others are focusing more on their identities and their vision and their values. So some group calls are more cohesive than others. So I've learned from even this successful group attempt as well. I needed to find a way to get dietitians grouped together in cohorts that, yes, work with their availability, but also give them the right support system, not simply the most convenient one. I needed to find a way to structure the calls and pace them so that they can build off one another rather than have disjointed 10 or 15 minute conversations about five different topics. And I really needed to find a way to grow my program without eating up more of my evenings because a lot of these calls were happening 730 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. And since I limit the groups to three or five people to keep it safe and, and inclusive and encourage a lot of discussion I was winding up with sometimes three group calls a month. Now, I am not my best self at 9pm, first of all. And second of all, I would end the calls wired. Like normally at 9pm I'm getting ready for bed, but on these nights, I'd have all this energy from the call and often wouldn't fall asleep until midnight or later. And I knew the more one-on-one clients I took, the more group calls I'd have, and I don't want to spend all of my nights working. I want to spend the only time I really have with Justin working. So I knew not only did I need to change my approach to suit the needs of my clients, I needed to change to suit my needs too. That's something that we have to consider with our professional lives. What works for us? Yes, we need to consider the needs of the people and communities we serve. And we also have to find work or design work or set boundaries with our work to protect what we need. I know that when I start a family, I'm not going to want to work weekends and I'm going to want to work evenings even less. And that means I need to think now about how do I create a business that relies less on my one-on-one time without compromising the support I provide or the results that my dietitians get. And I reached this point where I recognized My program needed a total overhaul. I needed to set it up to get ready for my own changing life circumstances and priorities. I needed to update all of the work that I do and streamline it and organize it based on what I've learned to be most effective for my clients. I needed to take everything that was working well and clean up the stuff that wasn't to really bring to the table what I know dietitians need most. And I needed to take what I learned over the past year of doing small group work and take it to the next level to again, be more effective and impactful. So I stopped doing repairs and maintenance work and started investing in a whole new model. I did the market research. I spoke to clients. I spoke to non-clients. I did polls and surveys. I reviewed actual research on topics like burnout, imposter feelings, and more. I did the work in outlining my professional values and business values and purpose and identity because I've learned that having the strong sense of self, whether that self is you as a human or it's a business, that strong sense of identity is at the heart of all of the work that we do. It has to be. And in turn, I built something that I couldn't be more excited for. Not because what I had was broken, but because... I knew it could be so much better. What I've built is everything that I believe in. I've used my 10 principles of intuitive living for dietitians, a twist on intuitive eating, to walk small groups of dietitians through a defined, tried and true process that I've been honing and developing with my one-on-one work for years now. We're going to get you really clear on what has influenced you. As a dietitian, as a person, what has shaped your confidence and really help you understand why you face these challenges of burnout and imposter feelings and overwhelm. We're going to actually get you out of the thick of burnout itself and make sure you develop the skills and tools that you need to avoid it in the future. We're going to work on your identity, your values, your vision for yourself, and dealing with all the limiting beliefs and barriers getting in the way. We're going to learn how to set boundaries and manage time to avoid stress and overwhelm and make time for things that bring us joy. And we're going to build confidence and assertiveness and a community that is safe and supportive. I have worked so hard to create a group program where you not only benefit from each other, but you still have me there guiding you. Yes, it's more systematic than my one-on-one work, but no, it isn't rigid. I care so deeply about supporting our profession and the members in it, and I am so proud of this new group version of Empowering Dietitians. Every step of the way, as I built this program, I embraced imperfection. I've made mistakes. I've done things that haven't gone well. I've taken a long time in my business to attract a steady client load, which I've talked about on here before. And I've made changes with the program. And with this program, with building the group, I had to continually remind myself that version one, which is actually kind of like version three or four of my work with dietitians overall, it's not going to be my final one. I know that no matter how excited I am for this new program, it too is imperfect. And it too will need upgrades and recalls and replacement parts. I've invested a lot into making it amazing from the start. And I know that when I actually bring dietitians through it for the first time in this form, I'm going to learn so much. So part of my job is to think on my feet and listen to my group's experiences and make adjustments on the fly. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to listen and tweak and grow right alongside you. Because like I said back in September, before my honeymoon break in my business values episode, I'm not here to be the biggest or the only authority figure in the room. I'm here to empower you, to share the mic with you, to teach you that you have what it takes to hold the mic in the first place, and to open you up to a whole new way of thinking about being a dietitian. And I'm here to start small and start somewhere and then build. I have such big aspirations for this group. I want to collaborate with guest speakers and experts. I want to build a team. I want to offer so much more than I currently do. I want to make this into something outstanding. And I had to keep reminding myself, because I have all these big ideas, that it's okay if I don't launch them all from day one. If you're a big ideas person too, who has these like grand visions for what you want to accomplish, take a deep breath. It's much, much better to get something up and running than try to launch this spectacular show-stopping event right from the start. It's too much work. It's too much pressure. And guaranteed, even that showstopper, if, even if you took all the time to just like make this wow-worthy thing, it's still going to have flaws to fix. Just do yourself a favor and pull yourself out of the weeds and focus on getting started rather than on making it all perfect and jaw-dropping. I'm not here to act like I've got it all figured out. No one does. Anyone who acts like they're infallible or like the best expert in the universe is lying. I'm here to give you the best of what I've got and commit myself to the same regular reflection, introspection, and growth processes that I teach to the dietitians that I work with. I'm here to say... I've been in burnout, I've been debilitated by imposter feelings, I've felt lost and alone as a dietitian, and I didn't have support designed to help me out of it. So if you're curious about this, if you're in the thick of it, I'm running a free two-day live workshop, the Empowering Dietitian's Burnout Masterclass. It's totally a working title, by the way, like I said recording this in July. So for all I know, I'm going to be editing this with updates as I finalize all the details. Regardless of the fancy name I choose for it, it's going to be the first week of November, that's for sure. And it's designed to not only give you a glimpse into this new program, but really to give you the step-by-step process that I use with my clients to recover from burnout and reclaim their confidence and joy. So if you're struggling with burnout and overwhelm and just spinning your wheels as dietitian. If you're getting caught up in that perfectionism and it's leading you into overworking and exhaustion, sign up for the masterclass. I'll include the link in my show notes and my podcast outro. Even if you can't attend live, you'll get access to the private Facebook group that's made exclusively for the masterclass, you get access to the workbook and the replays for both days. Dietitian burnout does not have to be a thing perfectionism doesn't have to hold you back and you don't have to struggle alone so whether you just join me for the free class or you're like you know this whole program sounds pretty sweet reach out support exists and I really hope to see you in the master class thank you for listening to another episode of the empowering dietitians podcast if you're looking for more support to help you overcome burnout, imposter feelings, and the limiting beliefs that are holding you back from feeling confident and passionate about your work, I want to invite you to my first of its kind free workshop on ending dietitian burnout and imposter feelings. Sign-ups are open now at www.empoweringdietitians.com slash November 21 event, all one word. That's www.empoweringdietitians.com slash November 21 E-V-E-N-T. And one last thing. If you found this episode valuable, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with your dietitian friends and leave a positive review. Those two things help this podcast reach more dietitians who need to hear these messages. And together, we can really start to change the landscape of our profession for the better.